welcome to the EIE podcast, and this is episode number 28 in our series. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Laura Rumbly. We're publishing this episode on September 22nd, the week before we convene the 2021 EAE Community Exchange. Among the range of current and compelling themes that feature in our many community exchange sessions, the topic of sustainability is a particularly prevalent one. Everyone, it seems, is grappling with questions connected to how we can best protect, sustain, restore, and improve the physical environments and the social, political, and economic systems that frame our lives. The question of sustainability is at the heart of the work of our guest for this episode. Catherine Komiski is a professor of healthcare statistics at Trinity College Dublin. She's also the academic director of Charm EU, one of the newly launched European University Alliances. In thinking about what sustainability means in European higher education, Catherine and Charm EU came to our attention for a couple of reasons. The Alliance has placed alignment with the Sustainable Development Goals at the center of its mission and vision. It's also launched a new Master's in Global Challenges for Sustainability, for which Catherine Komiski is directly responsible. We reached out to Catherine to learn more about how this network of universities is thinking about and acting on its aspirations, and what this means for realizing real progress and lasting change. So nice to be speaking with you today, Catherine. Thank you for taking the time. We understand that Charm EU, as a European University Alliance, aspires, and I'm quoting here from some materials from the Alliance, aspires to reconcile humanity with the planet. It's a rather big and exciting and aspirational statement. I was wondering, from, from your perspective, um, could you describe a little bit to us how the various universities partnering in the Alliance were experiencing this, experiencing this urgency when they decided to come together and create this specific network, and why they may have felt that the European uh, University Initiative could provide the right kind of framework to move this goal forward. Yes, it is a, a big topic. I certainly agree with you there. But I suppose if I give a little background as to where we came from, you know, within the European Alliance, you know, you may recall that it was French President Macron back in September 2017 and his speech to the Sorbonne set out this European initiative for European universities. And he wanted them to be innovative and bold and brave and go where others have not gone before. And we sort of were one of originally in the first call, I think, you know, the EU Commission sort of approved this in 2017 and there was a call set out and over 300 universities from 31 countries entered that call and 17 were chosen. And Charm was one of the 17 that was chosen. So we formed this alliance and we really did want to address this, you know, the global challenges that were facing the world. Like President Macron's vision was for a something innovative, something bold, something that would be brave and, and go where others haven't gone before. So what we did, we set about and we actually, I mean, if you look around you, you know, over the last couple of years, I mean, the environment, sustainability, this is what people are interested in. This is the global challenge. I mean, I've just had lunch with my family and, you know, my I have three daughters and a son and they're saying, you know, you know, nature is not separate to us. We are part of it. So why we have that anecdotal evidence from the media, we actually set about and we did some market analysis across the five universities. And we asked students and employers 
what do you want? <laughs> and this was the overarching, this came back with a bang. This is what people want. And the key three things that they uh, wanted us to address within this challenge were three global issues of food security. I do work in Ethiopia and South Africa. Food security, you know, is just such a, a huge global issue and sustaining food security. Water. And again, you know, water resources and using that resource globally was a huge issue. Again, taking it back to just individual families, I have a daughter studying science and she wanted to go on the field trip or do a water module. I said, do the water module. And only yesterday she said to me, I am so glad I did the water module. It's so important. You know, now that she's a little more educated, she realizes, you know, water. And this came back in our market analysis. And then the third sort of strand was life and health. And little did we know what, you know, in terms of life and health was down the road. So these three strong themes came back from the market analysis of the students and what we call extra academic actors. We're not necessarily employers, they include employers, but they're charities, non-governmental organizations, policy makers, the person on the street elderly people, young people, this is what is coming. This this came to us. So we I took up the challenge. It gives me chills, you know, to think of the the power and the um the currency of those yes. issues. Um, as you say little did we know when we started this just how much the world has changed even in those two years that we have been working on this. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, taking that uh, then to a next step, uh, we understand that according to the Charm EU vision statement, the Alliance's environmental perspective can also increase the quality, international competitiveness, mm -hmm. and attractiveness of the European higher education landscape. How do these two interests, environmental concerns and quality or excellence, how do those aspirations align? Gosh, uh, I mean, they're very much so. I mean, we address quality at different levels. For a start, we address it at the, at the level of organizational. We are actually approved within each of the five countries and at an EU level. So we have a system level assurance, quality assurance. But also as academics, which each of us individually are, you know, we're part of this big system, but we're also individuals. Academics want to drive and teach and be innovative with the students and we want to drive innovation and you know we listen to students students are what motivate us they're what give us the energy to go into the classroom when you're tired I mean I teach statistics when you go into 250 second years <laughs> you know <laughs> we don't want to do statistics what gives you because you want to communicate what they're interested in. So, you know, we're driven by the demand from our students. They demand a quality service. They demand quality. They demand to know what are we going to do about these environmental issues. And that's what we've striven to do. And we want this to be sustainable. We want everything that we do to be repeatable, to be able to be used again, to be built upon, to add value to. So I would say we're definitely addressing this at both system level Literally, we have had approval, and this was a huge task for the Alliance, getting that approval. Even though we had European sort of committee approval, we actually had to get it because different countries had different things, that you know, legal things they required, and then ensuring quality for our students, both very, very big drivers. 
So that's also really interesting, these two dimensions that you've talked about, the student engagement piece, but then also the complexity of working in an international alliance. So I have a question for you that touches a little bit on both of those things. I'm very intrigued by the fact that you've recently launched the master's degree in sustainability. So the first part of my question is, what does it mean to you exactly to teach sustainability? And the second part of the question is, what are some of the complexities involved in designing and delivering this program across different countries that might have different approaches to environmental challenges and might not even have the same environmental sensitivities? Absolutely. It's so complex. And and we're only learning. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure we will make mistakes, uh, but better that we make them and learn from them. And then those that come after us will have learned from our mistakes. It was very, very complex, particularly, as you say, given that different universities in different countries might be at different places in terms of their philosophies or attitudes or policies and politics. But if we're going to create sustainable solutions and, and, and enable our students to be part of that, we have to be aware of those challenges and that our neighbours are not necessarily where we are at. And that a solution that might work in one country, you know, if you take cycling in Utrecht, you know, and cycle lanes, you come to Dublin, you know, it's a city of a thousand years old. The streets are, are not planned. You know, it has been a huge effort to bring in just even cycle lanes. And this is something in Utrecht they've had for years. So we have to understand that intercultural differences and be inclusive and design innovative and sustainable solutions that are actually culturally sensitive, that are ready for a country or a region that is at a different place to us. So that's a huge part of it, huge challenges. So if you actually look at what our student body is, I mean, we have both primarily EU students and we have non-EU students. And that enrichment, I mean, we have students who can come from history of art or engineering or, um, I don't know, English literature. And, you know, they are going to be working in teams. So they're bringing their knowledge and their expertise from their undergraduate possibly even postgraduate level. And they are going to have to work in teams across countries, across disciplines to look at creating sort of sustainable and innovative solutions for these challenges that they're interested in. They also have to work with what we call the external actors. These are actually very much part of our staff, teaching staff, the external actors. Um, and this is what makes it transdisciplinary, is the fact that it goes beyond the disciplines, actually, not just across disciplines, it actually goes outside of the academic disciplines and brings in those different levels of expertise. Very exciting, the, the transdisciplinarity yes. and the, the real world applications yes. of, of these yes. issues. It's very this interesting. Is, this is central to it, absolutely central, yeah. So for the EAE's online community exchange event this year, which I know you know about in late September and through October 1st, We've commissioned a series of essays on various big themes that are being addressed in the community exchange. And in one of those essays, the University of Bologna has described its holistic approach to sustainability as an institution. Can you help us understand a little bit about how Charm EU as an alliance is contributing to both the strategic orientations toward sustainability and some of the hands-on day-to-day sustainability actions among its member universities. 
So addressing your question there on sustainability, Charm EU is a pilot project. So everything we do is actually new. Every system, you know, it's never been done before. We're actually, of the 17 alliances that were funded, we are the first to create an actual accredited master's. None of the others are there yet. <laughs> so we're Very quite, interesting. Yeah, I'm quite proud of that as, as academic director. I mean, but we have a huge team of, you know, over 200 people working towards this. So we are the first, absolutely the first. You know, we have students registered. We have had to create everything from scratch. So everything we create we try and create the sustainable, repeatable, duplicable way. And we, through the academic board, I'm chair of the academic board, like I'm very conscious of, are we recording this? Are we learning from what we're doing? Have we written that down? Have we written down, you know, the challenges we, we encountered coming to this point? So we've had to develop all new policies because if even if you take something like a uh, admissions policy in one university is completely different. And we have admissions principles, which are, you know, inclusive and diverse and much wider than usual admissions principles. So everything we've done as academic director and as chair of the academic board, like I'm ensuring, you know, that it is recorded, it's sustainable and it can be shared. So at a system level, uh, very, very much, you know, ensuring sustainability. Then when it comes to and this is still in the future, very near future, I mean, September, when our students arrive, we will be addressing real world challenges with the students. Like it's challenge based education. So they will be tasked with working with these external actors, you know, who will be proposing challenges or or the academics maybe have them already, these collaborations. So the students will have great opportunity to develop sustainable. Now, you know, we're not expect they're students. We don't expect them to, you know, every project to be a success. But that's what we're working towards. You know, mm -hmm. we're working towards that. What they do will be of use. It's not, I don't want reports sitting on desks or on shelves, you know. You know, the, these, my own personal research is driven by working with charities, working with solutions, you know, using my academic expertise to make things better. You know, so that's the philosophy personally I bring. And that's the philosophy I think very much that's involved in charm in producing sustainable solutions at the system level, but also, you know, with the next generation of young and all ages, you know, working with sustainable solutions for these global challenges. And it could be something small. It could be just something very, very small in your local area. One of the admissions criteria was that we actually got uh, the candidates to produce a small video and a small essay, like 500 words, about a local global, a local or global challenge in their in their country or their region, so that they, we got them to think about it already. What, what's happening? What has your country done? What's your city done? What was good about it? How does it address the sustainable development goals? What, how could you improve that? And we got them just to think about that. You know, it wasn't all based on academic accreditation at all. It's oh, really about those, yeah, owning yeah. something, yeah. yeah, and those skills, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, very exciting. Thank you. Well, speaking of that next generation, another conversation starter essay that the EIE has published this summer was written by students active in an organization called Generation Climate Europe. And in this piece, they're urging leaders and policymakers to take really bold actions, specifically in relation to climate restoration. That was an angle of discussion that was important to them. And some of these bold actions will entail change 
or could entail change on a really massive scale with entire economic sectors disappearing or altogether new professional roles and new skills being in demand in ways that might still be unclear to us at this particular moment. How do you see the work of preparing individuals and entire communities for the future playing out? This is, this is just such massive work in some ways, and it's so fundamental and granular on the other. Yes. How does yes. this work happen? And again, you know, how does a university alliance specifically add value to this kind of effort? Yeah. Gosh, you know, I had this conversation with another daughter yesterday about uh, we were looking at just Haiti and Afghanistan. And, you know, it can be overwhelming, you know, for a young person, it could be overwhelming. But really, you know, change happens at the individual level. So our educational principles are for each of our individual students. So if I may list them, um, you know, you'll, you'll see, I mean, we have sort of a research led and based. So everything we do is, is based on the best evidence and research. All right. It's student centered. What do the students want? Students at the center of that, their learning, the transverse skills, developing those transverse skills. I was just explaining there about the admissions. You know, they had to do communication. They had to do video. They had to do audio, plus their, their academic. They had to look and see what's around them. You know, so there's your transverse skills. Sustainability, clearly at the core. What are the challenges? And the one that I love personally, inclusivity is one of our principles. You know, learning from the outsider or somebody who maybe has been on the outside, you know, and now listening to those voices that they all have something to contribute the transnational intercultural learning technology enhance and situational sort of authentic learning in the real situation so those are are the principles we're trying to imbue in our education and in our graduates and i think if they take any of those or combination of those they will be the innovators of the future and contribute to addressing these global challenges if I may mention just particularly the inclusivity, all of our universities have inclusivity policies. But you know what? I have learned so much by working across the five universities and hearing what other universities are doing and giving the inclusivity team the space to be innovative. Because, you know, in universities, we can be quite constrained and, you know, this is how it's been done. And, you know, oh, no, we couldn't do that. But when we brought the five of them together, and this is just one I particularly love, as I say, in our entry policy, when people were applying, they could tick the inclusivity box. They wanted these extra points. So everybody was marked out of 90 points and you could get an extra 10. We didn't grade the 10, like you're more inclusive than you are. You either were inclusive it or not, you got those 10 points. People didn't actually even have, they didn't have to prove it. For example, if you're, you know, non-binary gender, that's not necessarily something you want to write an email to the admissions office, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, given on the country that where you come from. All right. You know, we all know email is not secure. So that's just an example. So we didn't ask for this to be written down or your economic circumstances or your, we actually held one-on-one personal conversations. So each applicant was actually contacted individually. And we had one gentleman who was practically in tears saying, I have never in my life been treated like this before. or had the space to confidentially give you, explain to you why I feel, you know, I'm excluded or have been excluded or my 
some of my contributions I cannot share because of it wouldn't be acceptable. And to me, that sent shivers up my spine. And I thought we're doing something right. <laughs> um, yeah. So those are the principles. So if, you know, when that group are working on a project, you know, I mean, they're still going to have to do the work. They're going to have to go to class. They're going to be taught, you know, you know, but when they're in those teams, if they take some of those principles out into the world and use them to help work with global food security or whatever, gosh, wouldn't that be wonderful? The future would be safe. <laughs> It'd be on the right track anyway. <laughs> it's the little things building upon those to create the future. So, Catherine, your passion for what you're doing and the possibilities that are, you know, connected into all of these areas that you're touching are really, truly inspiring. Thank you so oh, thank much you. for taking the time to speak with us about what you're doing in your work with Charmy You and your master's program in sustainability. Thank you, Laura. It's been an absolute pleasure to share it with you. Thank you. That was Catherine Komiskey. Academic Director of CharmEU, a European University alliance focused on advancing sustainability across a wide range of dimensions. Sustainability has also featured in a couple of the conversation starter essays that we've published this summer in connection with a theme for the Community Exchange this year, which is of course, Bolder, Braver, Go. One of these essays features an institutional perspective from the University of Bologna. The other includes a call to action by Generation Climate Europe. You can find the links to these very current essays in the session notes that accompany this podcast. As we move into the final quarter of 2021, we hope you'll consider joining an upcoming EA training activity or making use of one or more of our varied online resources. The EAIE website has all the details on what we're up to. You can find us at www.eaie.org. For now, our podcast publishing schedule takes a break while we all dive into the EAIE Community Exchange event at the end of September. We'll pick back up again in October and hope you'll join us then. In the meantime, thanks for liking us on social media and for sharing our podcast series with your colleagues. Until next time, all good wishes to you from the EAIE.